This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Some of us pump, and some of us slump. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. You crazy if you think I'm going to walk up some dark alley with a loud orange hat on my head and a whistle. What's up? Not much. Just uh, getting over being sick again at RSV this time. RSV, that's part of the triple-demic. Yeah. You've had all three of them, haven't you? Yeah, I started out the uh, the winter. I, well, it was around Halloween when I got COVID. And then I got the flu in December. And now I got RSV. Well, I did. Gone now. Got it from the from the kid at Damn Daycare's germ factory. Now, what is RSV? It's kind of an umbrella term for several different viruses. You can kind of get it from a cold or whatever, but it's uh, uh, it's a respiratory something virus. It affects adults different than kids because I didn't cough at all. I, that's why I didn't think I had it. And I looked up the symptoms and because uh, his son had it, you know, he tested positive for it. He was coughing a lot and didn't have too much of a fever. It didn't seem to affect him too much, which was fortunate because when I remember when he got COVID, uh, you know, we were so worried. The doctor's like, well, at least it's not RSV. Because <laughs> it's been, you know, really bad for, you know, they, they say uh, infants or kids generally get it before age two. So it's kind of something that they get, but it's uh, stronger this year because of uh, everyone's immune, shitty immune systems. What's causing that? It's a super bug. Super bug. Triple demic. <laughs> What I you know what I saw the other day? What? People who don't get vaccinated for COVID are ten times more likely to catch diabetes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that too. So I don't I don't understand the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. So, Although are you sure it wasn't uh just uh have diabetes? No, it said In- it said get diabetes. Mm-hmm. I'm certain it said that. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you don't get vaccinated for COVID, you're 10 times more likely to get diabetes. I think the correlation there would be like most people that don't get vaccinated are probably living the lifestyle that uh, enchants diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the way they worded it. <laughs> Got that sugar foot. <laughs> sugar foot. <laughs> uh, Tracy Morgan. That was a good bit. I was like Ice Cube mentions diabetes in a couple of his songs, but he always calls it sugar diabetes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I guess 
uh, I wanted to bring up something from last episode in which we discussed the never-ending story. We were talking about 80s title songs for kids' movies specifically. I think off-air, or previously, you and I mentioned Ghostbusters, but we didn't mention it on the episode. That would be the most famous one, probably. Yes. It actually has a title song. Pitting them against each other, Never Ending Story and Ghostbusters, I might still have to give it to Never Ending Story. Just a banger of song. And I, I love Ghostbusters as, ne- as much as the next guy. But well, Ghost, Ghostbusters is just a knockoff of Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. You know, I'm a big 80s guy, right? You know, love 80s music. I love hip to be square, but I got to tell you, I don't really care much for Huey Lewis outside of that song and the news. Have you heard this album? Huey Lewis and the news. (laughs) However, the line goes from American Psycho. He's talking about their different albums and (laughs) was it like sports and what's the other one? Isn't there one called sports and one's called, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Forget. But yeah. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Personally, I, there's a couple songs that I like, okay, from them, but not. Yeah. They're not a band that I listen to a lot. Yeah. The movie we're talking about today, Spaced Invaders, does not have a title song. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, what can you tell me about this? When was the first time you saw it? Your thoughts then, thoughts now. Well, this movie came out in 1990, and I swear, I don't know, by the time I was maybe five or six years old, I, I must have rented it at least a half a dozen times. Um, I just remember we'd go to, uh, like, one of the gas stations by our place would rent videos, and then there was, like, a mom-and-pop video shop across the street. And I just remember we would go... And it was always Spaced Invaders or The Land Before Time. And we just like alternate those two (laughs) until I was like five or six years old. And then I didn't watch it again for at least 20 years. I I think I tried watching it again maybe about 10 years ago. I don't know if I watched the whole thing or not. Hmm. I kind of remember this. I'm not 100% certain. And I felt like I didn't uh, appreciate it at that time. But uh, and then uh, about a year or so ago, I bought the Blu-ray and uh, threw it in there again. And uh, yes, Kino Lorber (laughs) Blu-ray. So it is Kino officially. And I I threw it in there. And uh, to my. uh, I was going to say surprise, but not necessarily surprise, but uh, I was pleasantly. met with a movie that held up pretty well. You were satisfied. (laughs) Yes, I was satisfied with the purchase. It was uh, as funny as I had hoped. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. It's kind of easy to see why this one was kind of forgotten and left by the wayside. Sure. Uh, Especially with Ninja Turtles coming out around the same time. (laughs) It, It it's kind of a Ninja Turtles knockoff in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, Space Invaders watched it a ton when I was a real young kid. And then I went forever without seeing it again. And uh, 
So we're going to revisit here, revisit it here today. But uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was satisfied with how it held up after all these years. I remember renting this pretty much right when it came out. And I mean, I think I liked it, you know, I would have been four or five. So as much as a four or five year old can like this, (laughs) we maybe rented it a second time, but I kind of remember thinking that it wasn't that good or like my parents didn't like it or my brothers didn't think it was that good. Something like that, because I don't remember really remember watching it past age five or six. So it was almost a one and done. This one uh, is probably geared more towards the younger audience. Yeah. Um, so I could see why your older brothers would be like, oh, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the middle brother is only three years older. So he's seven, eight, something like that. We're going to watch it. True. Now, having said that, this references the 1938 War of the Worlds radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also references the alien movie franchise <laughs> <laughs> and Jack Nicholson. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a hodgepodge. Like there's, there's enough in there for the, the older audience, but it's uh, very much geared towards a, a much younger audience. Yeah. I also don't remember, remember it being on cable that much. No, I don't think so. I, I feel like once I stopped renting it, like I never saw it again. Yeah, uh, I think maybe I saw once on t- on television, but that's about it. So I didn't re- really remember anything outside of, you know, the aliens landing in the barn and the one wearing the, the leather bomber jacket. Uh, that's about it. Uh, watching it again, I guess I can see why I forgot it. <laughs> Besides the fact I was so young, it's just not that good. There's things to like, definitely, if uh, you're a kid. And I found some things amusing as well, but by and large, I, I probably wouldn't show this to my son. It's got a lot of hallmarks of the late 80s, early 90s kids movie. But there are so many other movies that were so much bigger and more popular than this one. Like yeah. it's It, it just kind of easily forgotten amongst uh, the other films of its ilk. Well, this is the second episode in a row in which the movie we're talking about has a kid with a dead parent. <laughs> well, every every movie had a kid with a dead parent in the eighties and really because <laughs> in the nineties there was just divorce. It was, uh, but yes, that's true. Or you'd have the dad who had to work really hard to pay for his million dollar home, and the <laughs> wife would get all pissed at him for not being home enough. Yeah. So, in one way or another, the parent was absent. Yes, but it was a Disney trope too. Disney loves killing off one of the parents. Mm-hmm. They started with Bambi and they didn't Going stop. Back to Bambi, yes. <laughs> Let's see what else. Uh, I also found it very confusing which alien was which outside of Blasney, which was the Jack Nicholson surrogate. I don't even know if I knew his name. I think the only name I picked up was Captain Bip- Bipto. Yeah. And so, I mean, you kind of, you know, you can differentiate them by personality. They're kind of the, they're kind of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles surrogates or rip knockoffs. It's kind of the cool, calm leader, the hothead, the nerd. I don't know if I found a Michelangelo equivalent, but 
you know, this came out the same year as the first Turtles, correct? Or was that one 91? I think it was 1990. Yeah, I got to say uh... the, the mouths move much better on the Turtles. Yeah, I would say so. Although this this is fun because it's a lot of little people dressed in rubber alien costumes. <laughs> and you just don't get that anymore. You don't. You, know, you don't. You don't get enough. They would all be CGI today. Yeah, Peter yeah. Dinklage will have his way. God forbid you let some little people have acting roles. I saw an article with him earlier in which he said he he doesn't know if he wants to act for the next 30 years because he's thinking about the you know next stage of his life. He's 53. 30, 30 years is awfully uh, a long... I mean, that's that's not what they ask you when you go in for a job interview. Where do you see yourself in 30 years? <laughs> God, <laughs> the uh, the ego on this guy. Although they did bring back Warwick Davis to do that uh, Willow TV show. Yeah. So. Nice to see him get work again. Well, he was on that Ricky Gervais show, right? What was that show called? Maybe. Life's Too Short or something? Well, that, that was uh, Life's Too Short was like a Warwick Davis version of Kirby Enthusiasm. Okay. Kind of. It was like a pseudo documentary. Um, but Ricky Gervais was on it. I think he produced it. But one of the one of the best uh one of my favorite things from that show was Warwick Davis ran a talent agency for little people. And like whenever a job would come in, he would just take it for himself. <laughs> so like uh studios would call in or producers would call and say, I need a little person for this acting role. And Warwick Davis says, Yeah, I can take it. <laughs> but he's supposed to be the agent for like all the little people actors in the city. <laughs> and then they find out about it and they they'll turn on him. You know, these uh, little people didn't seem so little to me. I think uh, all of them are lifting. They all seem well, a little too tall for little people like Tony Cox. And well, they're all supposed to be, uh, you know, passable for children. Yeah. Cause it is set on Halloween. I should mention that. It is. Uh, let's get into the details. It was directed by Patrick Reed Johnson and written by Patrick Reed Johnson and Scott Lawrence Alexander. So looking through Patrick Reed Johnson's filmography, uh, he has some things I've heard of, but I guess the one thing of note is, see, he did some miniature work on Bill and Ted. Is that right? Interesting. Trying to find what it says, miniature something. Uh, miniature construction. Perpetual motion pictures. Did some visual effects for Warlock. V, that miniseries. Remember that? I never really watched I, it much, but they did that reboot about 15 years ago. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Did a lot of Dragonheart stuff. But yeah, this must have been a bit of a bomb. Patrick Reed Johnson didn't do a whole lot. Well, he directed an episode of Dinosaurs. Mm. He directed Baby's Day Out. That was a big one. I remember seeing that in the theater. I think I did, Never too. again. <laughs> I think I did, too. Um, Angus? I don't remember what that one was. Angus is about a miserable fat teenager secretly has a, tr a crush on the class beauty ends up becoming the surprising participant to dance with her at the high school dance. Mm. Meaning he's got to get his act together. Mm. 
with the help of his best friend. George C. Scott is in there. Estimated budget for Space Invaders was three mil. It looks like it had a worldwide gross of 15, so it made some money. It's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Didn't set the world on fire, but... Obviously, it uh, it did well in the home video rental market. (laughs) (laughs) Not well enough. It's probably just overshadowed by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, for sure. For sure. Let's get to the cast. Douglas Barr is Sam. The uh, sheriff, Roy Aldano, is Wrench Mueller. He's the farmer. Ariana Richards is Kathy, so Sam's daughter. We know her as the girl from Jurassic Park. Yeah, she's also in Tremors. Oh, yeah. She also came out in 1990. I watched Tremors. She played Claire Ferguson on Boy Meets World. Mm. I don't remember that. I think she was one of the many girls who tried to split up Corey and Topanga. Mm. That bitch. Oh, no. She was the one that was beaten. She was the one who's getting beat up by her dad, and she had to stay at Sean's house or something. Oh. <laughs> that was about when they stopped doing message episodes on sitcoms. TGIF was waning. 1996 when that episode came out. Yeah. Probably the last one. Yeah, so she played a domestic abuse victim. By the way, Royal Dano, who plays um, Wrenchmuller, the farmer in this movie, he was in uh, two episodes of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. He was in Killer Clones from Outer Space. He was in uh, Ghoulies 2, House 2, The Second Story, LBJ, The Early Years, the TV movie. Nobody probably remembers that. The right stuff. Outlaw uh, Josie Wales. Outlaw Josie Wales. I mean, he's just been a lot of stuff. He did a, did a lot of westerns, it looks like, too. Yeah. Very long career. 42 years. He looked, uh, he looked and sounded very familiar to me, but I couldn't quite nail down where I would recognize him from. Yeah, he has almost 200 acting credits. Just one of those guys who's just in everything. He's probably been parodied a lot. I'm sure the Simpsons did a parody of him at some point. Yeah, I thought he might be related to Paul Dano, but I I looked it up and I did not see a connection there. No, I I think I saw he had a son named Royal Dano Jr. Hmm. Who I don't know uh, what he's done, but he also is apparently an actor. J.G. Anderson played Brian the Duck. Hopefully that was his last role, because he fucking sucked. Well, he doesn't even have a picture, so. <laughs> uh, apparently he was in Casper he... as student number two. <laughs> <laughs> Something called South of Sunset TV series, one episode. Harry and the Hendersons, the show. I even forgot that there was that show. Did you ever watch that show, Harry and the Hendersons? No, but it used to be on the like, USA Network every morning, so I'd see the commercials for it constantly. <laughs> like, I didn't know it was a movie until years later. I thought it was just a TV show. I was confused on the connection there. Yeah, it's about all he did. And I wonder if that uh, that was a choice that he made to have this lisp speech impediment the entire time. Well, I don't know if he was supposed to be like Daffy Duck. 
because he he's a duck, so he's he's yeah. trick or treating as a duck, but he acts like a duck the entire time. Well, I thought that maybe they were going at more towards Howard the Duck since that just came out a couple years earlier. Oh, possibly. And that's uh, you know he's what from space, right? But he doesn't have the a Marvel lisp. character. <laughs> Howard the Duck didn't have a lisp, did he? Well, I thought maybe he was just uh, the kid had the lisp, and he was a. But yeah, he, he could have been doing the Daffy Duck, you know. But I mean that that lisp seemed very exaggerated. I don't think that was a natural lisp. Don't think he was just trying to be a cute kid. <laughs> I mean, he could have been, but I I don't think that was a natural lisp. I think that was a that was a choice either by him or by the director. Greg Berger played uh, Clem Becker. He's kind of the villain. He's the local banker who's swindling uh, Wrenchmuller's farm away from him and other he's farmers not, in town. He's not swindling. He's enforcing the mortgage <laughs> contract on the deadbeats who haven't paid up. <laughs> Seems like they were set up to fail, though. So he wants to get everyone out of the way so they can you know, get that new off-ramp in, expand the Span the town. Well, he he just bought the bank and turned it into suburbia. Yeah, he inherited all the mortgages of the the previous owner, and um, all the farmers in town apparently were behind because they couldn't grow anything and they couldn't sell any crops. So they uh, they either had to come up with a bunch of crops or pay off their mortgage in full, or he was going to start foreclosing and taking their farms, so he could sell the real estate. As you said, they have a brand new off ramp. They're big time now. They're big time. They got to act like it. They can't just have all this farmland there. It's <laughs> prime real estate going to waste. Wasn't there a reason why the the farmers were dealing with bad crops? You know, not getting enough water. Well, it was October, so I don't know why they were not. I don't know. I guess it was a drought or something. I don't know. Unclear. But it seems like a, really late in the season for them to worry about like starting to plant stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> like you should have been worried. Well, I think it was just they had a bad season, you know. They didn't ago. have much crops to sell. He had no crops to sell. Was, <laughs> he had a dirt yard. <laughs> um, Wayne Alexander is Vern. Fred Applegate is Russell. Uh, Vern was Zorro, by the way. Okay. Clembecker, the so they all have their Halloween costumes on. Clembecker is like a bootleg Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. He's like obviously Hulk Hogan, but just different enough to not get sued. Yeah. Patricia Darbo? Patrika? <laughs> it's Patricia, but it's with a K. I guess it's Patrika. There's no I after the A. But I know her from plenty of things. Seinfeld and Babe, the Burbs. I was going to say, that name sounds really familiar. I think she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Was she on Step by Step? Was she the fat sister on Step by Step? Mm, not sure. Penny Baker. I think so. She was in season one, and then season two, they just kind of... All right, I guess she was in the... No, yeah. She was in season one of Step by Step, and then they just wrote her off in season two like she didn't exist. She just go upstairs to her room, never to be seen she from again. Disappeared. Like her and the mom. Because it, it was, uh, it was, it was the mom's Carol. 
Mm. So it was her sister and mom used to run the the beauty shop with her, and then uh, in season two they were just gone. <laughs> we just we don't need these people on this show anymore. Uh, Tanya Williams was Ernestine. I think I'll try and skip to the uh, aliens here. So Kevin Thompson was Blasney, not the voice. Jimmy Briscoe, Captain Bipto. Kevin Thompson is four foot five. Okay. That makes more sense. Jimmy Briscoe, height unlisted. Tony Cox was Pez. He's three foot six. Tony Cox. Yeah, I think Pez was like the shortest one. He had the red jacket, I believe, right? Yeah, Tony Cox is the smallest one of the group. Debbie Lee Carrington was Dr. Ziplock. She is three foot ten. Also lists uh, Jeff Winkless as Captain Bitto. Is that the voice? It doesn't say voice. Tommy Madden is uh, Giggy Wig. Tommy Madden is four foot three. Also, Bruce uh, Lenoyle is Pez. Those are the voices. Jeff Winkless is Captain Bit- Bipto's voice. Bruce Lenoyle is Pez's voice. Joe Alaski is the voice of Dr. Ziplock. Tony Pope is the voice of Giggywig. So Kevin Thompson must have voiced Blasney himself? He might have. Let's see a credit for that voice. All right, synopsis. Dim-winded Martians drop into a little Illinois town on the day that the local radio stations happens to rebroadcast Orson Welles' 1938 War of the Worlds. So it kind of opens with them on their... It's not a mothership, but it's like one of the like bigger ships. Yeah. yeah. And they're all kind of getting their walk-in orders, right? They're at, uh, they're at war with Arturus. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. <laughs> no... No really, ex- no real explanation for that. They have the enforcement drone there, and they they end the admiral's tour of duty. So the enforcement drone takes over, mm-hmm. and basically anybody who uh, disobeys orders will be destroyed by the enforcement drone. All that's kind of the setup. <laughs> Very strict. Not much beyond that. You step out of line, you get zapped. Not like Chappelle's. Uh, Prank show zapped. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get a little bit of that in space. So we get a little set up there at war. You know, they, they got to follow orders and blah, blah, blah. And then we cut down to Earth. Big Bean, Illinois. Use our new off-ramp, says the billboard. And uh, <laughs> we get, right away, we get uh, Wrench Mueller walking to the bank with his shotgun <laughs> and he goes right by the goes right by the sheriff the sheriff says can i help you says, nope gotta get a meeting with the bank <laughs> i wrote that there. down i was look i was you know watching the sheriff because he's just sitting on a, a street bench just enjoying a cold bottle of cola straight from the machine I mean, life is good he's just relaxing on the bench nothing to worry cola. about he's brand new in town <laughs> No crime whatsoever. <laughs> and then we get uh, we get introduced to Clembecker, who's a real piece of work. He's one of those over the top villains that they put in these kids movies. I don't know if they still do it today. It's uh, I don't watch a lot of the new kids movies, but it was so commonplace back in the day. And uh, it was 
Very entertaining. Yeah, think like Power Rangers bullies. <laughs> yes, it kind of was. <laughs> it's over the top. And... In fact, Although, was... I, I will defend uh, Clem Becker a little bit. He wasn't as over the top as, uh, was it Skull and the Bones? Skull oh, was one of them. From the uh, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Bull, maybe? Skull and Bull? I used to watch that show all the time, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember anything from it. <laughs> Very little. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's uh, not happy that Clem Becker just doesn't have any compassion for the local farmers, the community at large. Like, dude, you haven't paid your mortgage in six months or more. Yeah. Give him a little <laughs> extra time. He'll catch up. Wait for that insurance money to come in. Right. Sheriff intervenes. Cooler heads prevail for the for the moment. But uh, yeah, where do we go from here? Well, we should mention he didn't actually have his uh, gun loaded. He was just going to scare him. <laughs> but the the sheriff pulled his gun on wrench Mueller too so it was like <laughs> he backed off so yeah the we, we got back to the uh, deep space the martians are getting whooped by our tourists and uh they go right back to earth <laughs> <laughs> i don't know the next thing i have uh written down is Oh, I, I think the sheriff goes back to his uh, his new house and he's talking to his daughter and he's he's saying he can't go trick-or-treating with her. He says, somebody's got to keep the streets safe. She goes, from what? Cows? <laughs> and she's got this really elaborate alien costume. Mm-hmm. Um, xenomorph costume, if you will. Yeah, so she's got to go trick-or-treat by herself, basically. Yeah, he says... Uh, one of them says, I'm not sure Big Ben or Big Bean is ready for aliens. <laughs> Just foreshadowing because aliens are actually going to come. <laughs> From there, we cut to the radio station where the DJ is playing the uh, the infamous Orson Welles reading of War of the Worlds, which everybody was fooled by back in the day. Mm hmm. We even get some old people arguing about who was fooled and who wasn't. <laughs> but the Martians pick up the broadcast, and so they think it's their, uh, not necessarily their orders, but they, they think that the uh, the battle plans have changed, that, that they're supposed to go attack Earth now. Mm-hmm. And they think the Martians have the Earthlings on the ropes, and so they're going to go join the fight. Prepare to die, Earth scum. <laughs> Who's always saying that? Oh, I don't remember which one that was. It's not Pez, and it's not Blasney, it's not Captain Bipto, right? Maybe it was. Giggywig, maybe? Yeah. He says it constantly. Yeah, I don't know. It might be, it's either Giggywig or Dr. Ziploc. I don't think it was Dr. Ziploc. Yeah, I would assume he's the nerd with the the glasses. He's got glasses made of satellite dishes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he sees because there's no lens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, how does the why does it crash land into the barn? I forget that. Is that just a because there was some problem? Because Blasney is a good pilot, so he wouldn't crash it on purpose. Well, they're going three thousand miles per hour in a fifty-five zone. Yeah, that was the first problem. 
<laughs> so I think they're going too fast and they just crashed it. Because Blasney does give a damage report afterwards, but yes. that maybe something got fried maybe on the way down. Could be. I don't know. I don't think it's that important. Yeah. We also, I will say uh, during this whole sequence, there's a, there's a scene where Wrenchmuller is sitting with his dog, Jim. And you can tell he's super poor because they split the the last milk bone. <laughs> <laughs> like just how poor is this guy? Oh, he's splitting milk bones with his dog, Jim. The Riggs would do that lethal weapon. Who names their dog Jim, by the way? That's such a weird name for a dog. I, I think this might be the first clip. Maybe. Um... Because we get the Martians crash landing and then they're kind of going through their uh, their status and then uh, getting ready to get down on the ground and uh, you know put some boots on the ground and join the fight. Blasney, this is the place. We're here. Now let's start enjoying ourselves a little. Let's maneuver in a little closer to the action. Strife the local citizenry a little before we land. Sorry, no can do. Why not? Well, let's see. We got a torqued out digiframus, our mega spaz, redundancy pilas on the blink, and it looks like we bruised our boo-boo. He's making the whole ass bit up. There's no such thing. Coward. <laughs> Come on, let's kick some earthling butt. Finally, a real mission. Maybe we better think this over, huh? Goodbye, civilian asteroid patrol. Hey, there with Tom and Space Navy. But the fleet was supposed to be attacking our tourists. The plan to attack our tourists was obviously a clever decoy for the real operation. The total annihilation of all things human. Now, quit raining on all hooray! But why? Why would Mars want to attack the puny, insignificant forces of Earth? Because we win! Prepare to die, Earth! Scum! Where is everybody? Out blowing up all the good stuff! Come on, men! I think we brought the wrong gun. It certainly is green here. Perhaps our camouflage is uh, somewhat inappropriate. Come on, Jim. Yeah, they have this orange camouflage, basically. It's it's red camo because they're from the red planet. Yeah. <laughs> but they're little green men, so they already blend in with the <laughs> green <laughs> pastures of rural Illinois. And then uh, shortly thereafter, Captain Bipto gets creamed by Clembecker in his truck. He starts walking across the road and just gets smacked. They're afraid of the road. They think the road is some kind of uh, like landmine or something. And so they throw their little robot thing across it and nothing happens. And so Captain Bipto just stands in the middle of the road <laughs> and he says, see, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> just gets obliterated by a fucking pickup truck. But yes, we find out is driven by Clembecker when he uh, when he shows up to the gas station later. Um, I do like uh, 
at one point. I can't remember which one asked and which one uh, responds, but one of the aliens starts giving orders. And somebody says, who died and left you in charge? And the guy goes, Captain Bipto. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, uh, we cut to the uh, the house where Kathy is waiting to go trick-or-treating. Mrs. Vanderspool is uh, driving all the kids around. It's a rural town, so there's a lot of distance between the houses. So you got to have a parent drive the mm-hmm. trick-or-treaters from house to house. And she meets Brian the Duck, who we already mentioned with his exaggerated lisp. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, either either the uh, the kid was a bad actor or the director just wanted everybody to hate him. Because <laughs> there's nothing about this kid that anybody would ever like. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he's the one who's nice to uh, Kathy. Is that her name? Yeah, and it's uh, it's unfortunate that he happens to be played by an African American actor because it looks even worse. It's like, God, why is he the one that everybody has to hate? <laughs> and it's because he's a nerd, you know. <laughs> like you just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> this is the also the second episode in a row in which he wanted to punch one of the characters in the face. <laughs> Of course, we don't condone violence against children of any kind. But Bastion from Neverending Story and <laughs> Brian the Duck are on your yes. shit list, I guess. I do like how he was credited as Brian and then parentheses Duck. Like, you wouldn't remember his name, but you'd remember that he's a duck. Yeah, well, I don't think he ever takes his mask off. No, he takes he takes his uh, webbed feet off, which mm-hmm. are his uh, scuba flippers or whatever. If you're and, a duck, uh, then where's your webbed feet? <laughs> he had to take them off. For yeah, the cop almost shot him. Thought he was an alien. <laughs> there's a lot of guns in this movie. We, <laughs> we'll get to the scene uh, eventually, but there's a, there's a lot of guns in this movie. Which you don't see in kids' movies so much anymore. Mm-hmm. As she's getting ready uh, to maybe uh, go trick-or-treating with Brian and the other kids, I think it cuts over to the gas station when Glenn Becker rolls in Yes, for some service. And uh, he tells the, the attendant to uh, make it fast. Come on, Vern, hurry it up. I got a cold beer and a hot woman, and I'm trying to keep them that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> Glenn Becker, uh, fill it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get the windows. Uh, Warm uh, enough, sweet cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking and driving, mm-hmm. and we should know too. He's he's driving a loaner vehicle from the gas station because his car is uh, I forget what it it's in the shop for. I, I don't know if it's getting detailed or if to getting work done on it or whatever. I forget what is he got a gold Cadillac or something like that. Something, but yeah. So he's driving a loaner car and. Uh, <laughs> He's got to scrape Captain Bipto off the front of the, the grill. Looks like you got something on the front of your grill there, Mr. Clubbecker. <laughs> With a we'll shovel. Get it off. <laughs> Pops him off. Well, he drives away without paying for his gas and window washing. Just put it on my tab, I guess. Thanks, Vern. What the hell are you supposed to be anyways? 
named Zorro. Yeah, he's really into his character. Nobody recognizes Zorro. Did they not have Zorro Zorro movies uh, at this point? Like, what was the? I don't know if you would know offhand. Like, what was the most recent Zorro movie in 1990? I don't know. Maybe the. I gotta think there's been some in the 70s. I know there's a lot older properties, but because like nobody recognized him. You know, this predates Antonio Banderas by about eight years. So, his incarnation of Zorro. It's not like Zorro was like an unheard of property. IMDb's got a list of Zorro movies. So the last one would have been 1981, Zorro and the Gay Blade. I think I remember the MMC uh, talking about that, maybe even doing an episode on it years ago. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's It's got a very unusual title. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm I'm certain of it that they did that. Doesn't that sound like a uh, PG movie for kids? <laughs> the Happy Blade. <laughs> I think that about brings us to our next clip. Um, I can't remember if it's before or after that Bipto comes to and he enslaves Zorro, Vern, if you will. Uh, puts like a little clamp on his neck. Yeah. So the. Our clip is right between. They kind of cut back and forth a lot between these scenes. Yeah. The rest of the Martians have wandered upon Mr. or uh, Mrs. Uh, Vanderspool's house and are getting ready to attack, uh, except for she mistakes them for trick or treaters. Hey, what's with all the happy sounds? They're giddy with fear. <laughs> hey, look down. Get back. Lock and load. than I Perhaps if they come in small, medium, and large. Wow, a dinosaur. How cute! You're all alive. <laughs> Prepare to die, Earth scum. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe later. Huh? Have fun, boys. What? <laughs> hey, come <laughs> back here. I'm talking to you. Hey, that's something you don't see every day. What now, almighty leader? Kill them! Kill them! I said, prepare to die, Earth scum! Oh, now you got her. Yep, she's definitely terrified. Now? Now, just wait a minute. You can't just... Atomizer already. Shouldn't this pitiful human be quivering in terror at how menacing faces from sinister-looking weaponries? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Jeez. Well, just play along. What are we tonight? Martians. Oh, yes, of course you are. Well, get in. Perhaps if we ride in this transport, we can find their secret resistance headquarters. Come on, let's shoot our way out of this. It'll be fun. They don't know they're Martians. How could they not know we're Martians? We're little green men with antennas. They think they're having customs. What a bunch of morons! Let's flame these bozos! They're too stupid to live! Well, we have a full tank of gas and lots of empty bags. What shall we do? Drink or treat! Smell my feet! Oh, great! Trick or what? <laughs> Trick or what? <laughs> I like the one kid goes, smell my feet, and everybody's like, oh, gross! <laughs> 
I like too that they uh they call her a dinosaur right away. Yeah, I didn't uh, get that right. I was like, what a dinosaur. They come in small, medium, and large. Oh my god, it's a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's one thing that cracked me up, and I what, what did she say? Oh God, it was in the clip, and I can't remember. But it was cracking up over something. Anyways, prepare to die or scum. Oh, maybe later. Yes, that that was it. Have fun, <laughs> have fun, kids. Maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like Giggy Wig, like he, he like. Uh, it's charged up to kill her and then like he like shorts out and he's just yeah. like froze for like the next like I don't know how many scenes. So I think next we we can get to uh was it Pez who accidentally fires a missile out of the car? Well you want to talk about they stop at Clembecker's house okay, for yeah. trick or treat. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's handing out cigarettes for <laughs> trick or treat. Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, what? So he just oh. takes them back in a huff. Yeah. And also, uh, when they stop at his house, uh, Mrs. Vanderspool says, uh, be sure to look both ways before crossing the street. And the, the Martian goes, one of the Martians goes, uh, so that's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, these are always, you know, teaching you things for little, it's a learning know, experience for little kids. Yeah. Look both ways. Don't take cigarettes from strangers. <laughs> he asked for the cigarettes back. Too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, like you a... said, he's he's wearing like a a Hulk, a bootleg Hulk costume. Yeah, he's and got it... the he's got the handlebar mustache and a, a do rag and a cape, but like they're not like they're like gold do rag and cape, like shiny gold, not like Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan yellow. So in this scene, we don't, I don't think you see his girlfriend. You saw her at the gas station and then you see her again later and she's dressed up like a mummy. Although I, you know, so like everyone, almost everyone in this movie has a costume on and it didn't register with me right away. I just thought they were joking that he beats her. (laughs) (laughs) And then like a second or two later, I was like, oh no, she's a mummy. Okay. Because you know you see her first, and from like I don't know the chest up, and she had her head's all bandaged. Oh yeah. Oh, Clem Becker, you know he's a bad dude, so he must beat his girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, she's a mummy. She seemed like a one night stand. Like he seemed like uh, the type of guy who just like goes through 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 women, like you know, the hit it and quit it type of guy. (laughs) Yep. Once his uh, woman isn't hot anymore, or his beer gets warm. <laughs> I'm gonna done. keep him that way. <laughs> Don't make me hit my woman. <laughs> As he's drunk driving, handing out cigarettes. Man, <laughs> you can tell this guy's got money because he's handing out cigarettes on Halloween. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta start sometime. Um, back at the barn. Wrench Mueller's trying to get uh, photos of the uh, Martian, but his camera doesn't have uh, batteries for the flash. Mm-hmm. He's got to go get some batteries. <laughs> this is kind of a, I don't know, 
But um, yeah, next up, uh, Mrs. Vanderspool starts to get suspicious of the Martians because they're back talking too much. And, and they fired uh, a rocket out of the car. That too. <laughs> that too. He fires a rocket out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. She's a little pissed at that, but not not as much as she is at the back talking. Mm. And she wants to know who their parents are, uh, where they came from. Now tell me who you are. By tomorrow morning, they're going to be printing your pictures on milk cartons. They're my cousins. Excuse me? From California. Dude. That's Clutch. Right, yes. That's Spinner. Yum. And that's Paddlefoot. Hi. They're surfers. If they're your cousins, why didn't you say so in the first place? Hmm? Yeah. Hmm. I'm new here. And I don't really know anyone. I didn't think they'd be in any trouble. Now, now, no real harm is done. Boys, you are more than welcome in my country, Squire, provided that you save those missile attacks for a more suitable occasion. Uh, yes, ma'am. I don't mean to pry, but would you mind telling me exactly what's going on here? These guys are from a lot further away than California. Before you continue, I think I should remind you that I'm just a little boy and quite susceptible to nightmares. Like, you can't understand what Brian's saying half the time. Who talks like that, though? I'm just a little boy and I'm quite susceptible to nightmares. <laughs> it sounds a lot more like Daffy right there. Yeah. <laughs> They're surfers from California. Oh, that makes sense. Dude. <laughs> like he knew. Why did he know to say that? They know so much about American culture. Well, I mean, we talked about it on the other episode, but, you know, Blasney is just a Jack Nicholson surrogate and he has the voice and he has a Lakers shirt and he's got sunglasses. Yeah, I don't understand why he's got a Los Angeles Lakers t-shirt. He's from Mar- <laughs> from Mars. I don't know why they even did like a Jack Nicholson thing in this movie. I know. It's it's kind of random, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, I think it's funny that Jack Nicholson would be a Martian. I don't know. I do like too when she's like, I will just have to remove those heads and see for myself. And they'll freak out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so eventually Kathy and Brian and the Martians bail on the whole trick-or-treating thing. Um, Something I wrote down, did you notice that there are so many long shots in here of the countryside and people driving down the roads that are all done with models? Yeah, there was a lot of miniature stuff in there. Why? Because <laughs> um, a lot of it was just like showing a truck driving across the terrain. <laughs> I was like, you could have just set a camera up over there. Like, you have streets and they had farmland. Well, you did it was say, so weird. You did say the director did a lot of uh, did miniature work for mm-hmm. other movies. Maybe he was just uh, trying to show off that part of his craft. It's like the scene in the room where, <laughs> you know, they, they go into the alley, which is a fake set that they. Built in the alley, basically. 
based on the alley that was outside the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just shot in the alley. No, this is a professional movie. <laughs> we'll do it on the set. <laughs> this is a big Hollywood film. Yeah, pretty much everything this guy did up until Space Invaders was miniature work and model work. So I don't know. Maybe it was just cheaper to do it that way, or maybe he just wanted to insert it later, or you know, he was going to do set pieces like that, and he thought it would look more seamless if he set it up with just a bunch of random model shots beforehand. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously they used a lot of model stuff with the the ship, you know, crashing and taking, trying to take off and falling over and over again so maybe they just like well we'll build a big set for that so then we can i don't know it just seemed like it would take maybe you know it's not like it would i don't know how much money you would save or not save by doing it practical but it seemed like you would save a lot of time by just setting up a camera on a tripod and driving the truck down the road just drive the truck for a half a mile <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know like all the the close-ups are you know of the actual truck but mm-hmm. yeah there there are a lot of scenes like that where it's just like a model of the of the town for some reason and they, it seems like you're shooting on location in a very open field type of thing and your model looks just like it <laughs> but mm-hmm. i don't know you don't really see the off ramp until somebody blows it up either yeah. So finally, so what the the Martians they get out of the car. Yep. Well, they they do some trick or treating at first, though they're not really sure what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after they get found out, and Kathy kind of puts two and two together, they all jump out together. The sheriff's deputy, who was he was trying to catch the first speeder in the history of Big Bean, Illinois, earlier in the movie, and. uh he he made it his uh his uh goal to catch the perpetrators who were going three thousand miles per hour in the fifty five zone. And his name is Deputy Russell Pillsbury. We find out later that he's Vern's brother. Mm. He finds the spaceship finally. And he's a little worse for wear. Yeah, there's also there's a subplot with uh, Vern and Captain Bipto. You know, he's giving Vern various tasks to help him, trying to build a what uh, some sort of a, a ship or a, a means of conveyance. Vern was already working on it. I can't. What what did he call it? It was the uh, God. I I know I have it written down somewhere, but it's like a. Uh, it's like that truckzilla they used to have, but it's for irrigating farmland. Yeah. And uh, Captain Bipto kind of gives them the kick in the pants to finish it up as a, a way to intimidate the town. That's right. Yeah, he was going to save the town with the irrigation. I think maybe the off-ramp is maybe what ruined the irrigation. Potentially. I don't know if it's clear, though. But um, yeah, there's various scenes of them working together and him serving Captain Bipto. Uh, there's also the scene where, you know, the 
Wrenchmuller is trying to warn everyone and nobody believes him. I believe that's our next clip because the sheriff backs up his story. Yeah. So it was called the Farmzoid. Okay. Do you want to mention that uh, Jim the dog replaces the batteries in the film uh, in the camera flash? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> you better have been backwards, Jim. <laughs> Uh, Blasney also hears on the radio Orson Welles explaining that it was all just a play and not <laughs> real. <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck. He doesn't say fuck, but, you know. Um, And yeah, and then everybody kind of meets at the spook lock. <laughs> which, I don't know, when you only have one black kid in town, maybe don't call it the spook lock. <laughs> Anyways, yes, so, uh, yeah, everybody kind of gathers at the uh, community center or whatever it is, and they start talking about the Martians and uh, Wenchmiller. He's got all his pictures and evidence or whatever now. And uh, well, he had one in the back of the truck, too. Yes, and Deputy uh, Blasberry. Yes, Blasney, because Blasney stayed back with the ship to try to Mm -hmm. fix it up. And he got shot by the the drone thing. Yes, that's true. Get zapped. <laughs> Get zapped. Some green blood. But uh, yeah, here's our next clip. You see, uh, right before he unveils the truck to everyone, he sneaks out the back. Well, I got one of them right back here in the truck. Come on. Come on now. Take a look at this. Take a look at what? He was here. I, I swear it. Well, look at that. He, that's his green blood. That's paint. Oh. <laughs> He's getting away. He's going to join his space army. Space army? I death ray my grandmother for a space army about now. Tell him, Russell. It's true. I gave one of them a ticket. I'm telling you, it looks like a full-scale invasion. I'll tell you what it looks like. Looks like a hoax to me. (laughs) Mr. Wrenchmuller is telling the truth. Are you insane? Look, I I don't pretend to know everything that's going on here. But it is clear to me from evidence that I've seen that we are being visited by intelligent creatures intelligent creatures that'll throw them off the trail i even got pictures look at here that's what they look like Ooh, why they look just like the sheriff's nephews nephews your nephews are martians no my nephews aren't martians i don't even have any nephews well there's spaceships in my barn he's a crazy man where'd they get a spaceship then in california they're surfers. Surfers? Well, that's what your daughter said. Wait a minute, wait. Where is Kathy? She got out with your Martian surfer nephews. M- Mrs. Vanderspool, do you have any idea how stupid that sounds? Uh, I suppose they're they're little. Yeah, that's right. And and, and green. Oh yes. And, and little dealy bobs coming out their head. Now you're cooking with gas. It sounds like Martians to me. Look, I just want everybody to remain calm. Well, I think we should do something. <laughs> now you're cooking with gas. 
uh wrench mueller reminds me of my uh uh my grandfather on my dad's side not uh not his voice but the way he looked a lot like him yeah but uh yeah he would i mean Everybody from the Midwest says that now you're cooking with gas. So now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> <laughs> They're like making fun of them, but like everything they said is correct. It's accurate. Where do they get a spaceship in California? <laughs> I can't believe he says. Uh, he says to Mrs. Uh, Vanderspool, "That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard." You realize how stupid that sounds. Yeah, nobody bats an eye at it. She doesn't get offended or anything. Uh, Blasney runs into Brian the Duck in the alley. So a little quick one here. All right, where's your spaceship? What's a spaceship? And what are you? I'm a carnivorous <laughs> duck. Yeah, I did enjoy him making fun of his speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> What's a spaceship? <laughs> This is after Brian Frisbee to trash can led into Blesney's head, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I always love that stuff where they just like throw something off, to, off of somebody's head and it just bounces off like that. Mm hmm. Like it doesn't really do any damage, just kind of like startles them. Um, yeah. So then the, uh, the Martians, they start, you know, getting shit going. They, they blow up a TV store and they start broadcasting a message out that says surrender or die. <laughs> and uh, they blow up the off ramp, which is like the worst thing they could do. Brilliant! I would give anything to see the faces of those human scum now. The off ramp. They blew up our new opera! Watch now as we obliterate a few of your puny missile silos. <laughs> the missile silos are just grain <laughs> silos. Yes. That they heat up with their heat ray, and then popcorn comes popping out. Turns into popcorn because it's corn. I hate to be a stick in the mud, but that's that's not the right corn for popping. <laughs> <laughs> what? All popcorn. Or all corn turns to popcorn when you heat it up. <laughs> Is that not how it works? <laughs> it's a different seed. <laughs> yeah, there's a big lynch mob out to catch the Martians now. Everybody has a gun. Uh, we get a quick scene of the, the sheriff and the uh, the deputy. Uh, and the sheriff talking about why he left the big city. Kind of thing isn't supposed to happen in small towns. I moved out here to get away from things like this. This happened a lot in Chicago. <laughs> I like how cartoony the music is in this movie. Too. Yeah, just like I was just gonna say, I was waiting for a slide whistle to come. <laughs> it's like the real stereotypical like cartoon music that. Uh... You know, like on Seinfeld when George rented Home Alone 2 and like that's the type of music they played like as he's watching it because obviously you aren't going to play the real audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well have been watching this movie. 
anyways, the so the Martians are kind of on the run, and they end up outside the the radio station, and the the DJ is locking up, and uh, he has some bad news for them. Although he he's really giddy about it too, like about how the <laughs> fucking Martians just die. He really gets know? into it. Oh. Oh, you scared me. So sorry. No, no, that's good. Now we're getting somewhere. We hey. made to the massacre. The what? Oh, you mean the... <laughs> I'm sorry, boys, but uh, it's over. Huh? Over? I'm afraid so. The uh, shame you missed the ending, though. That's the best part. How so? Well, you see, just when it seemed that the Earth was doomed to be taken over, the Martians just up and died. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What happened to all their bodies? The birds got them mostly. Pecking, tearing at them. Swallowing little mouthfuls of their rubbery flesh. And the dogs. Uh, the huh? dogs had their turn at them, too. Oh. Fighting over the scraps oh. and gnawing on their little skeletons. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just how did they die? Our germs got them. Germs? Yeah. Little microbes, like the ones that gave me this damn cold. <laughs> well, have a good time, boys. <laughs> Second movie in a row where somebody gets sneezed on, too. Yeah. Not that it matters, but yes. I like to when uh so they kinda have Brian as a hostage at this point. And Blasney tells him that they were duped and they figured it out. And this is probably the only like redeeming quality of Brian in this movie. He literally raffles at them for <laughs> falling for the War of the Worlds broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> he literally rolls on the floor laughing, which I don't know the last time I saw somebody actually do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was <laughs> he's really rubbing it in. <laughs> So everything's kind of starting to come to a head here. Uh, the townspeople are still ready to uh, kill the the Martians with extreme prejudice. Kathy uh, defends the Martians. I think this might be her next clip. Uh, defends them to her father, saying that they shouldn't kill the Martians. Just a few quick things. Uh, Wrench Miller saves Brian. He's got his old uh, farmer's all-purpose helper, which is TNT. Mm, yep. Blasney freezes Wrench Mueller at one point. He gets the ship to take off, but it crashes several times. Um, Russell pulls the gun on Brian, which I think we mentioned before. Where, where's your uh, Russell, the deputy, sheriff's deputy? Mm, yep. Pulls a gun on Brian, the duck, and he says, Where are your webbed feet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all the all the Martians get back in the spaceship with Kathy. Uh, the mob shows up, and everybody just starts shooting at the spaceship. <laughs> like everybody, like unloads everything. Um, and so the Martians, it's it's time for you know some drastic measures. So they pull out the DOD. I think this is uh this is probably the clip you have of them explaining the DOD and how it works. That. 
Surrender or die! Why should we? We got you surrounded! Yeah. Take it easy, Clem Becker. Because if you don't surrender or attempt to kill us, this device will detonate, and you, your town, and everything within a million mile radius will just simply go kaboom! Wow! Well, then you'll be killed too! Wrong! For this, you see, is the donut of destruction! And we'll obliterate all of you while leaving us completely unscathed! Oh, yeah? What about your ship? Won't it be obliterated too? Oh. We're doomed! Let's let him have it! Give me that! Prepare to die, Earth scum! Yeah, basically it just kind of shorts out. It just falls apart. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to have some pretty advanced weapons that just don't work well yeah and that'll work the way they should yeah and so I think the next one is Kathy sticking up for the Martians um because they the, the townspeople still want to kill all the Martians but Kathy just realizes they're they're just kind of dumb what are we gonna mm-hmm. do you're gonna go to bed but what are you gonna do I don't know. I'll call the Air Force, I guess. But you can't do that. The Air Force hates Martians. They'll shoot them and drop nuclear bombs on them and stuff. I don't know about nuclear bombs, but they certainly deserve whatever they get. Now, come on. But, Dad, they're not really bad. They're just stupid. And they haven't really hurt anybody. And if we help them get away, no one will ever know the difference. Look, honey, I'm supposed to be the sheriff in this town. If I don't get some help to control this thing and it gets any more out of hand, it's going to be my fault. Then I might as well just throw away this badge. That's all you care about, your stupid badge. If you want to be such a big, important sheriff, why don't you do things yourself? At least they have a chance with you. Ooh, not happy. Nope, nope. And uh, so they sneak out to get all the Martians together. Vern finishes up the farm zoid. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a diversion. And <laughs> all, all the townspeople open fire on the farm zoid with Vern in it. <laughs> <laughs> they shoot a lot of stuff, but uh, they never seem to hit anything. Yeah. Anyways, they, they get the uh, the ship back to the farm. Wrench Mueller steals Klembecker's Cadillac, which uh, I noticed the Cadillac license plate was for my MIF. I don't know what the significance of that is, but I made mm. note of it. Maybe we'll find out in the fun facts. I don't think so. Anyways... So they all go back to the farm. Wrench Mueller, he gets his box of farmer's all-purpose helper. Mm-hmm. Which again is... He has a lot T- of dynamite. TNT dynamite. Um, and he's, his idea is 
Have you ever put a cherry bomb under a garbage can? <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're gonna prop the uh, the the um, the spaceship on its uh, rocket boosters, and then uh, put some TNT under it, and launch that sucker into space. Mm-hmm. In the process, Bipto he says Vern has uh, finished his. Uh, tour of duty if you will as his mind slave and he frees him but before they can leave the enforcement drone tries to stop them and Kathy tries to convince the drone to let them leave Uh, and the drone agrees because if so the stakes are if the the ship doesn't get off the earth in five minutes it's going to destroy the entire earth so she says, you got to let them leave. And the drone says, okay, I'll just kill them in space mm-hmm. and let the earthlings live. Well, Wrenchmuller, being the quick thinker he is, <laughs> decides to give the drone a uh, award. I can't remember what he says. I think we have a clip of this. Yep, this is our last clip. And it tricks the drone into uh, its own demise. Mr. Enforcer drone. Sorry to interrupt. Three minutes. You misunderstood. Once we reach the cold, airless depths of outer space, I shall incinerate them and toss their charred, sizzling skeletons into the cosmos. Ah, say what? A quick vacuuming, a little air freshener, and I will have completed my duties with perfection. What? You can't do that. Hey. Better them than us. I beg your pardon. I thought you were nice, but I was wrong. You're just a selfish old man. Well, they caused a lot more trouble than they was worth. And if it hadn't have been for you, things might have gotten even further out of hand. Or somebody might even have gotten killed. You know, I'd say that makes you a hero in both our planets. And uh, as the ambassador of the planet Earth, I would like to present you with an award as a token of our appreciation. The Tri-Nitro-Toluene Award. Uh, Now, you kids, why don't you run and get the champagne so we can do this thing up proper? I accept, in the name of goodwill, with hope for the peaceful coexistence of our two worlds. It certainly isn't much to look at, is it? Let me light it up for you so you can get the full effect. My, how pretty. How would you like to have a photo so you could remember this? Yes, please. (laughs) Well, here, just let me back up a bit so I can get the whole ship into it. Are you sure there's enough light? Oh, there's going to be plenty of light. I'm so proud. I don't know what to say. You can just uh, say your prayers. What the? Why aren't we moving? (laughs) Yeah, I think Bipto thought that was the the blast that was going to send him into space. (laughs) Right, right. I don't know what to say. You can uh, say your prayers. <laughs> <laughs> so they're clear to, to launch. They uh, 
they get the uh the TNT under there. He uh spools it out, he hits the plunger, <laughs> launches they that, up. They say their goodbyes, and before uh, they left, uh Blasney gave Kathy a phone, basically, or a communicator. Oh, I forgot about that. Is that thing that uh has like the two antennas that go in and out like uh like a party favor? What do you call that thing? You know what I'm talking about? about- you talking about the robot or the other one of the other guys? Well, the communicate. No, not the robot. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the communicator. Like the yeah. antennas go in and out. Like a, what do you call a party favor like that? That's uh, a party favor. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but there was another name for it. I don't remember. Not a kazoo because a kazoo makes the noise, but something like that. A, a noisemaker. Yeah, I don't know. You blow on it and it unwraps itself, and then it wraps itself back up. Mm-hmm. You tell that's what they used for that communicator <laughs> device. You mean they didn't reuse the thing from They Live and Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah, they should have. <laughs> Just keep that doing was so it. weird seeing that in They Live. I'm like, God, why does? Isn't that from Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a friend that had a, that toy from Ghostbusters. Mm. I think. But Zolly has it somewhere. Probably. He's got everything. But it's not Star Wars, though. Yeah. He only cares about Star Wars. Unpegged. <laughs> yeah, unpegged. <laughs> it is enough to be still in its original packaging. It has to be unpegged. You got to get it from the box before the store even puts it on the shelf. Pegs yes. It. That little plastic rips off, you know, when they peg it. <laughs> anyways the the spaceship launches and it kind of gets a little bit up there and then they uh they're like oh no what can we do we're not gonna make it and then uh i want to say it's pez goes into the toilet and he flushes and all the green martian shit falls out of the spaceship and it it's enough to give them enough lift to get out of the atmosphere and Mm-hmm. back in the space not only that it, it grows all the, the farmers crops yeah the next morning uh Klumbecker still shows up to the wenchmiller farm to foreclose it with the sheriff and he says either you got to give me a crop or you got to give me uh you know the money or the the farm is mine and wenchmiller says oh i don't got the money but uh why don't you come take a look at this and it's just it's literal big beans <laughs> and Big Bean, Illinois. Those can't be uh, good for you. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I imagine that's not good to eat. Probably radioactive waste. Well, it was fertilized. Genetically modified shit. beans. Yes, very much so. GMO. Monsanto. That's about it. <laughs> so. Yeah, What? Uh, what would you rate this? I would say it's it's good enough to get in eventually. Eventually. I think it's worth checking out. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely some funny parts still, things that amused me. But overall, I'll probably skip it next time around. So I'll give it a last resort. It's a last resort. Yeah. It's not like a like a high end eventually. It's a, it's just just enough to be in eventually. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we get into fun facts? 
I was I was gonna just gonna say, I mean, if you grew up with movies like this and you've never seen this, I think it's worth your time. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I think you would get something out of it. At least, you know, a little nostalgia trip. I don't know if young kids would care for it or people older or younger than us, but yeah. if you're around our age group, you probably could get some laughs out of this. I think the Jack Nicholson impression is funny enough on its own, really. Yeah. Well, should we get into some fun facts? There aren't that many. Sure. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. Kathy introduces her three cousins as Clutch, Spinner, and Paddlefoot. These are the names of the main characters of the cult classic cartoon Clutch Cargo. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? Have you heard about the Clutch no. Cargo? <laughs> Never even heard of it. It's like calling this movie a cult classic. Like, if nobody has heard of it, it's not like, <laughs> there's not much of a cult. So Clutch Cargo is from 1959 to 1960, and apparently the episodes are four minutes long. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I don't, uh, I don't recognize it at all. Here's a fun fact. Royal Dano played in another film where he and his dog encountered alien invaders three years prior in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. She mentioned earlier, but also basically plays the same type of character. I fell asleep trying to watch it. <laughs> I saw it a few, quite a few years ago now, and I didn't care for it. Here's a fun fact. Um, the actors performing as the Martians were virtually blind when the Martian heads were in place, so they had to be talked through their actions. You don't get that in today's movies. Actors got to be able to see where they're going. Would have been a CGI suit. Here's another fun fact. About 20 minutes into the film, uh, Giggy Wig says, what in the name of Uncle Martin is that? Uncle Martin was the name of Ray Walston's character in the 63 TV series, My Favorite Martian. That's pretty good. I never really watched that show. I don't think I've actually seen that show. But... Neither have I, but I always see the... Uh... The Mill Creek set when I was Menards, my favorite Martian. <laughs> they did a movie version with Chris Royd, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I saw 90s. that one either. I don't think I saw that one either. Many of the special effects shots were done in camera, meaning they were composed on the raw film. I mean, I guess that makes sense. There wasn't a ton of special effects in there, but. Yeah, there aren't too many. Fun facts for this, at least interesting ones. There's some really terrible ones down at the bottom of the list <laughs> that are just worthless. But do you want to mention that there was a notion to cast DeForest Kelly as Wrenchmuller? That's weird that they they wrote it that way. There was a notion. <laughs> there was a notion. Like he, was he probably considered. said no. <laughs> he, probably, he probably said no. I mean, he, he would have been fine in the role. I would have liked to have seen him, but. He was Dr. McCoy in Star Trek. Yeah, he's such a good curmudgeon, so I mean, I could see it, but... I guarantee you, somebody just brought his name up. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we got Dr. McCoy to play in our movie? Mm-hmm. And, like, they probably never asked asked him, or they put a feeler out there, and he immediately shut it down. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck that. Well, this is about the same year as shit. Star Trek Six, so he was still doing Star Trek. This would have probably sullied his... Uh his career yeah star trek 5 was 89 and 6 was 91 so i mean he was he was dead in the middle like all he did was star trek stuff like the only non-star trek thing after 
like 1981 was uh, the Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Mm. Space related. All right. Well, um, coming up, we'll probably do a recently seen and, of course, our top 10 films of the year with the Oscar previews that will come out the week before the Oscars. We'll, of course, be finishing our focus on movies from our youth with Undercover Blues and The Sandlot, which will probably follow the top 10 episode now anything else you can think of brett i think i mean we were gonna we're gonna start a tradition where we each we get to pick a movie that we want to do an episode on for our birthdays and brett's birthday is coming up (laughs) it's kind of right smack dab in the middle of everything so we might you know record soon and release it release it later vice versa something like that i have no idea what to pick for that but That'll be coming within the next month or two. (laughs) He's given me like three weeks to pick something. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be coming sometime down the pipeline. But uh, other than that, where can people find some WTM merchandise? You can go to WTMWatchThisMovie.Creator-Spring.com You can follow us on Twitter at WatchThisMovie or Brett at PositivelyWolf1 which is the same as his letterboxed name. Uh, mine is under Eric underscore Mulder. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review, subscribe, and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and now Amazon Music and other podcast apps. <laughs> we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case. I'll get the bucket.